If you're curious to engage with a lot of the topics we explore on the podcast in more creative and embodied ways, we welcome you to join us in Alchemize, our 10-week audio-based program of daily imagination practices intended to disrupt status quo ways of thinking, sensing, relating, and being. To be honest, without any grant support for our show right now, and we did just get turned down by several mainstream environmentalism philanthropies, this program and our Patreon are our primary means of supporting our labor for these free podcasts right now. We really want to remain untethered to corporate interests, and every small contribution to our Patreon or enrollment in our program Alchemize helps to ensure that we can continue producing these vital conversations that feature voices and perspectives often sidelined from mainstream media. So if you value our work and want to dive deeper with us, join us in Alchemize today at greendreamer.com slash alchemize and join our Patreon starting at just $3 at patreon.com slash greendreamer. Thank you so, so much for however you were able to support our work during these critical times. We are so deeply grateful. Green Dreamer is supported by our listener patrons. I hope you're really prioritizing your needs and the needs of your loved ones and community during this pandemic. But if you are able to support our independent show starting at just $2 per month, that'd be so helpful and better enable us to continue this work. And that's greendreamer.com slash support to learn more. I also wanted to mention since this time of social distancing may be stressful, especially for our mental health, we've decided to open up our region generation-focused digital community to all of our listeners. So if you'd find it helpful to have a safe space online to connect with others like you and to dive deeper into the topics we discuss on the show, you can head to network.greendreamer.com to sign up. We have disconnected from our inherent nature of repair and regeneration, and then we get chronic disease, and then we look to a healthcare system or a pharmaceutical farming industry well, the simple fixed message of just take this pill and you'll feel better or just take this pill and your blood pressure will decrease so you'll be less likely to die of that heart attack. Those are all seemingly very simple and convenient solutions. But we now you know, have really demonstrated again and again that 95 to 98% of all disorders and disease are environmental in source. This is part two of our conversation with Dr. Zach Bush, a renowned multidisciplinary physician of internal medicine, endocrinology, and hospice care, and an internationally recognized educator on the microbiome as it relates to human health. If you're not already following him on Instagram, I highly recommend doing so at Zach Bush MD. I always learn something new with every single post that he shares. And before we dive into the rest of our conversation here, actually, since we recorded this before the pandemic, I'd love to first read you his recent post sharing his thoughts on the coronavirus, which I personally found to be really profound in terms of how we should be conceptualizing what's been happening and what it means for us going forward. So this is the caption of his post. This week, I'm finally stepping into the ring on the coronavirus pandemic. Please know that this is in response to the consistent requests from all of you. I strongly believe there's too much bandwidth of the collective human consciousness spent on this topic, so I've been hesitant to add to it. In the coming posts, I will try to help us move on to apply our great capacity to fulfill the purpose we each have at this tipping point of humankind. I'll begin by saying respiratory illnesses are one of the most common causes of death world 
worldwide, thus have claimed lives of many thousands of people in recent months. Each year, a vast variety of microbial sources contribute to these infections. This year, a proportion of our global deaths from pneumonia will include the presence of COVID-19, not likely to be the cause of death just as with influenza, it is the secondary bacterial infections that typically are the cause of the death. The loss of these loved ones has a profound impact regardless of the vector. COVID-19 seems merciful in the sparing of children and young adults, but we should be saddened by the loss of our elders in a Western culture that has long forgotten to see, respect, and give close ear to our elders. May this respiratory virus teach us of the mistakes we've made in disconnecting from nature and warring against the foundation of the microbiome. If we choose to learn from, rather than fear, this virus, it can reveal the source of chronic disease epidemics that are the real threat to our species. When we separate ourselves from nature and destroy our diverse ecosystems, nature's system of checks and balances kicks in. Mother Nature is striving for life. We need to align ourselves with nature. It is not the virus we should fear, but instead the human behavior that created the biologic pressure for the mutation for this to occur and the emerging immune system vulnerability of our global population we have collectively created. It is critical we create universal adoption of regenerative agricultural and human health practices. So that's the end of the quote, but I just wanted to bring that in here to preface this episode because we recorded this conversation before the pandemic and he's such a wealth of wisdom. I wish I had the opportunity to actually ask him more about it, but either way, if you want to get more of his take on the pandemic as it continues to go on, be sure to follow his work on social media, on his website, all linked in our show notes. And you can also tune into his recent guest appearance on the Rich Roll podcast where he dives deeper into all of this. For now, though, we're going to continue going full circle and connecting the dots between how we approach Earth stewardship and how we approach healthcare, why taking probiotic supplements while well-intentioned may not actually take us closer to supporting an optimal biodiverse microbiome, and more. Green Dreamer, if you're ready, take a deep breath and let's dive in. Hey, it's Kamea Shane, and this is Green Dreamer, a podcast exploring our paths to ecological balance, intersectional sustainability, and true abundance and wellness for all. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, and together, let's learn what it takes to thrive in every sense of the word. I have one last note I want to mention while we're talking about medicine. I'm going to read off a powerful and sobering caption from your recent post on Instagram at Zach Bush MD. There's not a single pharmaceutical drug you can take that can put you into balance. Every drug disrupts the normal pathways of signaling and function. If nature did not make the compound, our physiology does not understand it. Every pharmaceutical out there is altered from its nature-intended chemical structure so that it can be patented and turned into a multi-billion dollar revenue stream. For every intended action of a drug, there is an opposite negative impact. That's why the disclaimers are full of the ways your body may become out of balance, erectile dysfunction, fatigue, and possible death. But at least your blood pressure will be a little bit better. We need to learn how to connect with our intrinsic ability to heal. Healing is within you. It always has been. End quote. 
This was super powerful for me to read. And first of all, it just feels like there's an exact parallel in terms of how we should look at nature. There's no chemical input we can add to an ecosystem to address the underlying root causes of any imbalances that we see. But it feels like that has become much more understood on the ecology side and accepted compared to how we look at medicine for ourselves. I feel like we're taught to really value the rigor in all the research and science behind the entire field of Western medicine. But without undermining the hard work and good intentions of everyone in healthcare, how much are we overlooking the influence that the same big pharma and chemical companies have in driving the common medical treatments that are created and recommended to us for all sorts of pains and ailments? I mean, I think we're, as physicians and consumers, we're completely overlooking the major piece here, which is health is an intrinsic right of biology. It's, it is how biology happens. Bio, biology is inherently a regenerative environment, a regenerative process that repairs constantly. Health is the result of, of normal biology, not some miracle. We should be able to heal all the time ad infinitum. And when we start to fail to heal and we start to accumulate damage that would then lead to chronic disorders or diseases, we know we've somehow disrupted the natural fabric of our bodies. We have disconnected from our inherent nature of repair and regeneration. And then we get chronic disease and then we look to the healthcare system or a pharmaceutical farming industry and they give us the same promise, which is simple fixes. Well, the simple fix message of just take this pill and you'll feel better or just take this pill and your blood pressure will decrease so you'll be less likely to die of that heart attack. Those are all seemingly very simple and convenient solutions. But we now you know, have really demonstrated again and again that 95 to 98% of all disorders and disease are environmental in source. And so if we just change the environment around a human body or around a cat or a dog that's suffering, we can modify and, in fact, prevent those diseases as they progress. And so the fact that we could reduce our, our chronic disease management healthcare system that's now costing us $3.5 trillion if we could by you know 50% decrease our cost, but the idea of decreasing by 90, 95% as we come to terms of the fact that diseases should never be treated, they should be reversed and prevented, that is trillions of dollars of economy that would put our national security back on track. Right now, we are a very fragile nation, you know, previous empire that's now collapsing under the weight of our, our healthcare costs. Our $3.5 trillion a year spending in chronic disease management is five times what we spend on our entire global military and homeland security budget. So it is our most expensive bottom line by 5x now as a nation is chronic disease management. And it's going to accelerate at a faster and faster rate if we continue our current course. When we talk about this topic it's important to acknowledge and respect that with our increases in various types of illnesses, including mental illness, many people today have a need to be on medication just to get by. And so it's important to not stigmatize illness or that need for any individuals. I know you have a particular perspective on the role that pain has in aiding our healing process and self-growth, but with everything that we just said, how do you think we can turn the field of healthcare, which is really more sick care today, into one that strives to work with our body's biology and supports our own innate abilities to heal? I think it comes down to education ultimately, and it has to be two-pronged, right? We have to change the education of the consumer and help empower the consumer to demand a different healthcare system. And we need to change the education of, of practitioners, whether we're talking about physicians, 
our nutritionists, our dietitians are very poorly trained with very old science, don't know anything about the microbiome in their education typically. So we've got to make some huge strides very quickly in, in reteaching or teaching the new science of nutrition in the context of our, our exploding knowledge of the microbiome to the whole gamut of the healthcare field. But we also have to, to re evaluate movement and it's been boiled down to exercise in the past but I think we're seeing more and more evidence that it's just daily activities walking is way more powerful than going to the gym five times a week for health benefits and so mm. we need to do the little things right and in regard to our education around lifestyle and so for us we've launched an online eight-week boot camp called biology base camp on how to get the body to start to function in normal in the context of normal intrinsic biology and how that healing is natural to your daily life. And so that eight-week journey is much different than a healthcare visit with me at my clinic. Instead of me telling you what happened to you and what's wrong with you and what diseases you have and what meds you're on, instead, we just start to go to the fundamentals of how biology happens. We support those. You have one-on-one -on -one coach for eight weeks. That's kind of the new healthcare model, I think. We need to go to education-based systems that are, you know, give one-on-one -on -one support these health conferences or summits that I see online all the time now, pay $300 and have 24 hours of expert opinion thrown at you in this health summit is actually not very practical because oftentimes even in a single summit, you'll hear contradictory perspectives. You'll hear information that is impossible for you to implement in your environment, your lifestyle, confusion around the science. Uh, there's a lot of poor science in, in our industry in regard to kind of functional medicine, making all kinds of claims that are unsubstantiated by the science, et cetera. And so the, these, these things really pale in comparison to you listening to your body, you training yourself to become a trusted source of information for your own behavioral modification. And that's where we're seeing our, our highest success, where people feel completely transformed at the end of eight weeks, not because of what they learned from me. The eight hours of content that I deliver there is just laying the foundation for them to start to work internally to listen to their bodies, to see what works for them, what happens when they change their nutritional environment radically, what changes with their hydration scores, what's, what happens if we shift their, their techniques for movement. All of these just fundamentals give them the ability to start to listen to their feedback loops, listen to their information response. So from my biased perspective, I think this is kind of the future of, of healthcare is helping not just with didactic education, but helping patients empower themselves to listening to their own bodies again and modifying their environment to find their pathway to optimal biology and longevity. Hmm. And it definitely feels like there's a continual parallel between health and ecology and agriculture. But in terms of the regenerative agriculture piece, if for us in the United States, our farm bill and bank loan systems for farmers are currently set up to incentivize and give advantages to mega farms and monocultures that rely on agrochemicals, how do we change those incentives or even bypass them altogether to support regeneration going forward? Yeah, so this kind of Short-circuiting the problem to get to the solution is really my passion at this point. And what we find out is that if we start to support carbon information streams, so carbon is capable of being a kind of a wireless communication network when it's processed by the microbiome. So we are extracting vast amounts of microbial information from fossil soils to understand how communication networks for biology, whether we're talking about bacterial species communicating with fungi, communicating with plants, 
or we're talking about human cells communicating directly to their microbiome of their gut, that transspecies communication network has now really been played out to definitively prove in our laboratories that we can we can support the system to repair just about everything when you get enough of this information into the system. And so that's really taught us that the soil can ultimately heal everything from ecology to human health. If we get it vibrant where carbon is cycling with water throughout the system, you've got carbon cycles, water cycles, nitrogen cycles, all these different cycles starting to support biologic energy. And with that increased energy, we see an increased rate of repair and regeneration at soil all the way to human health. And so the way in which this looks like at the agricultural level is to start to support biodiversification by uh, cessation of plowing. When you stop plowing the dirt, it allows the fungal communities to come in with mycelial networks of resource management and distribution. And then that supports an enriched bacterial communication network, an enriched bacterial production system for bionutrients and nutrient availability. And so the, the bacteria and fungi working together in soils produce this vibrant vitality where we can see 8x and 10x increases in, in plant and fruit yields just from doing carbon cycling correctly. Stop plowing, stop spraying, and you get this huge benefit of being able to see biology start to build soil rather than deplete soil. And with that building rich soil systems, we see resilient plants where there's no more invasive weeds within a year or two because the, the ecosystem has now crowded out those weeds that were the only thing growing really in these dead fields. And so biodiversification leads to elimination of the weeds as well as strengthening of the plant. As the plant gets more and more rich in its nutrient resources, it becomes very resistant to pests. And that includes things like insects, but also all the way up to grazing communities are less likely to graze on healthy plants than they are on damaged plants. And so they're, they're kind of part of this web of life that's looking to eliminate the weaker weaker species or the weaker plants within a species to allow space for the robust health to, to come stronger into the environment. And so the ecosystem is ready to respond to a healthier plant population being grown in a healthier soil population to be less less threatening to that food security and food sovereignty that would emerge from the other side of that equation. And so by doing all of that, we start to support the microbial diversity in the human gut, number one, by not pouring antibiotic into our food and water, number two, by delivering far greater variety of fibers and in critical microbiome support systems in our fruit and vegetable uh, marketplace. Mm. As the microbiome diversifies in the human gut, we see a similar you know, robust resilience happen where you become less prone to overgrown weeds of bacteria that grow in our hospital systems and the like, all the way to improved immune function to, and increased rates of repair and the whole like. To support that, it's important that we don't use probiotics. And so probiotics, while initially a useful new paradigm of understanding the microbiome with the, the advent of the belief that maybe there were such a thing as good bacteria, that was just a very small stepping stone towards what we would call gut health today. Gut health, like soil health, is all about microbial diversity. You want 30,000 species of bacteria, 5 million species of fungi. If you're taking a probiotic, you're ingesting three or five species of the same bacteria every day in billions of copies. When you're consuming a monoculture like that, you're going to end up with a few species instead of your massive biodiversity that would give you health. 
And so in a sad way, our probiotic industry has taken our consumer marketplace much further away from what we would call gut health at this stage of our understanding of the microbiome. Well, at this point, can you share a little bit about your company, Ion Biome, and how that can better support the regenerative capacity of our own health? Ion Biome is a product line that we developed from these carbon molecules that are made by bacteria and fungi. And so instead of trying to micromanage the microbiome with a probiotic or a prebiotic, we've turned that management back over to these populations themselves. We now know that if we support the system with communication rather than micromanagement, we allow for robust recovery and diversification to happen in those populations. But that's only half the equation. The other half that we support through providing this wireless communication network between the cells is repair and regeneration of the actual human cell systems as well. And the damage that we mentioned earlier, A, antimicrobial effects of Roundup, can be combated by providing this rich communication network and compost-like material for the microbiome to get a foothold again. But number two, it provides the resilience and repair capacity of the human cells, which can now regenerate in response to the injury from Roundup, alcohol, non-stradal, and anti-inflammatories or anything else damaging that gut lining, such as gluten, for example. And so in our peer-reviewed science, we've demonstrated that the communication network can support a human cell response to gluten or Roundup that not only laces those gut linings and vascular systems back together, it also supports and prevents that injury in the first place. And so it's a really exciting era where we're starting to realize that human biology and its capacity to repair and regenerate relies on a communication network. The supplements, uh, these liquid supplements that we make in the Ion Biome product line, started with gut health, but we also have sinus health. And so by with the sinus spray or the oral consumption of these this liquid supplement, the, the molecules themselves don't do anything directly to human biology. Instead, they amplify the information from one cell to the next. And when cells can communicate, they regenerate. And so it's exciting that the human regeneration and protection that we see happening to these environmental insults once our patients or in, in the lab we demonstrate in humans or animal tissues that resilience it's not actually the product creating the resilience. It's the human cell demonstrating resilience through the reignited communication network. The product functions a lot like your wireless communication network of your cell phones. So each human cell relies on, on information streaming from cells around it to prepare it for the appropriate response, protein production, nutrient delivery, all of these complex decisions a cell needs to make is coordinated by the information stream coming from around the world. When the wireless network goes down, your cell phone, not having broken or anything, suddenly is rendered useless in its capacity to understand what's happening around it. And so now it's an isolated cell. And a human cell that becomes isolated will eventually become a cancer cell. Without connection to the greater environment, we develop unrepaired injuries. With unrepaired injuries accumulating, we ultimately will develop cancer. And so when we see cancer going epidemic in the society, we know that we lost the microbial communication network of an entire population of humans. And in that silence, the loneliness develops at the cellular level and we develop chronic disease and disorder and death. And so we've been working really to understand how do we get this wireless communication network back up and running in human gut and human organ systems. And the answer is really exciting in that Mother Earth provided those communication systems in her soils. And so ironically, here we are destroying Mother Earth in her soils, 
and she had planted some 55, 60 million years ago the antidote to our problem. She had provided a preserved communication network of the vast microbiome ecosystem that existed at that time, previous to the great extinction of the dinosaurs, etc. And we now have this opportunity to reconnect. And when cells start to talk to cells, just like your, your cell phone, as you approach that cell phone tower, everything starts to update. Software up, updates, your calendar now updates, you're now getting your text messages from colleagues, your emails come in, suddenly you're reconnected to that larger coordinated social and productivity efforts of, of the greater organism of humanity. In the same way, when a gut cell or a kidney cell or a neuron within the brain gets reconnected to its greater environment, it knows exactly how to participate in this thing that we call health or life. Hey, walk with me. We're under the same sun with oceans all around. Yet it's not, it's not how we should be. Many of us fight for basic things in life. So let's bring energy and IOT and water for What's an uplifting social media account or publication you follow or a book that's been really profound for you? I'm a huge fan of Rich Roll as a podcast. I think that his social media and podcast environment continues to show human potential across so many different subjects. And so I love that source for for a lot of this um, inspiration for where we're going as a, a human species. Huge fan of Rodale Network. We work closely with them with our nonprofit, which is FarmersFootprint.us. And the social media feeds there can keep you up to date with the kind of educational efforts to consumers and farmers and how we're changing changing that dialogue. Uh, we see consumer brands, even like Dove, starting to support the microbiome with their soap messaging and everything else. So I'm excited to see the whole industry shifting, and, and these resources are some of those that I would look to. What do you tell yourself to stay positive and inspired? I keep telling myself that children are being born all over the world. And, you know, these are ancient souls, I believe, that are jumping into this human form and the human experiment. And I think as souls that I get to witness at the end of life when people are dying and they suddenly have these extraordinary insights and wisdom that they perhaps lacked before they kind of came to that thin veil of that second birth of death. This is an extraordinary opportunity for us to recognize that souls are on purpose. And with children being born into this world on purpose, I think there's a pathway forward even if we can't see it yet. And if we come together and, and watch our children carefully, learn from the autistic children among us, learn from the dyslexic and the attention deficit, these children have an inherently different way of looking at the world. And if we listen to them and we start to look to them to start to redesign our consumer marketplace and our relationship to nature and food systems, I think there's probably a path out of this disaster that we've created. Mm. What's one thing you're working on right now for your health? I'm always working on this balance between hydration protocols and short-term fasting. I'm a huge fan of, of learning how to use not only food, but also the elimination of, of food to give gut rest as a huge anti-aging effect. And so those are a couple of my passions at, at present. What are you working on right now to elevate your positive impact for our planet? Well, I, I started an IP development company about six years ago. That's Seraphic Group. 
and we have a half dozen companies that are addressing the issues in health, energy, and ecology to do everything from reduced emissions from cattle and, and, and poultry and swine and feedlots that are causing global warming to uh, repairing the plastic problems that we have, uh, turning plastic into biodiesel so that we can stop pumping fossil fuel out of the earth and, and start really utilizing the resources that we, we already have at hand that we are currently treating as waste and dumping into our oceans. So cleaning up the ecology is one of my biggest passions there. So we've got a company that's coming off the ground this year to do large-scale plastic conversion. And then we've got our biotech side working on human health. We've got other products in the pipeline uh, that will be changing the way that we think about vascular health and brain health and the like as to join in the, in the network uh, that we have with Ion Biome, the products for gut and, and sinus there. Uh, so that's a, a splash of my for-profit side. Then on the nonprofit, the Farmers Footprint, we're working on projects across the United States, partnering with other groups in Australia, Canada, and the like to really change the dialogue on farming on the grand level and make regenerative farming the norm in the next 10 years. And what makes you most hopeful for our world at the moment? Certainly my children. My children give me great hope. Uh, I see the passion they have to be alive, the passion they have to pro- solve problems and, and create a, a brighter future for themselves. And I think that if we can hold some space around these young generations, they're going to show us uh, a much different way to live. Well, to our listener, Green Dreamer, if you want to learn more and stay updated on Dr. Bush's work and his various projects, you can head to www.zachbushmd.com. And you can also follow him on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Zach Bush MD. Dr. Bush, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your wealth of wisdom with us. What final words of wisdom do you have for us as Green Dreamers? Yeah, there's a child in every single one of you. And uh, I just honor the childlike wisdom and purpose that you have within you. And so I would ask you to keep diving into your sense of purpose and the clarity of your trajectory and how you can be a part of not just a different food system, but a different consumer awareness, a different society, if you will, where we start to recognize the value of human life and our diversity, just as we start to appreciate the diversity of the microbiome. You are as unique as your microbiome is, and we have an opportunity to learn so much from each of you in your reinvention of yourself. Look.